0: to Pod Save Africa. Welcome to Pod Save Africa. Welcome up to Pod Save Africa. Welcome 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 to Pod Save Africa to Pod Save Africa. Hello. Welcome to Pod Save Africa. Hello, welcome back to Pod Save Africa. It's your host, Akandi Adirale, and I'm here with my sister again. When it comes to, um, want to holler at our listeners real quick.
1: Hello, everyone. It's Kosala. Glad to be back.
0: There you go. I, I don't know. Why do I always say your full name? I don't know.
1: I, I don't know either. Did I say your full name? I really name don't.
0: I think thats no, you no? called
1: me because of that no, you never did Only
0: really?
1: you ever called me, maybe I okay,
0: well, I don't know why anyways, uh family drama side guys, we're here before for with the first of all, happy New Year to those of us who didn't listened to uh, to of you who haven't heard our last episode, please have a listen. Um, you get an idea of what the last year looked like and what we're looking forward to putting out this year. Um, Happy New Year to you and uh, I hope you're, we're about 13 days in now, I hope that your New Year's resolutions are still intact. I hope you're still going to the gym if you are, you know, if that was one of your New Year's resolutions, if you're trying to exercise more i hope you're doing that if you're trying to eat better i hope you're doing that that if you're trying to work on certain ideas i hope all that is going successfully We're 13 days in keep grinding i'm just here to motivate and support you i believe in you keep pushing keep doing what you do uh yeah so moving on we're here with a, a news update for you guys just to catch you guys up on kind of as a moment in time what's going on on the african continents right now So. Without further ado, I think. Um, how should we do this, Do you want to do me one story, you one story, or should I read the stories and then you kind of really like just discuss on it?
1: I mean, these are a lot of long stories, so we should probably do you one story, or me one story.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. So Can't can have too much to of us. my voice. Ah, sumptuous, crispy voice. Anyways, um, yes. Yeah, so the first story is back to one of the huge things that was happening on the African continent this year, and it was uh, we actually put put up some posts on this on our uh, Instagram page but the first story is about elections um the country of Congo just had its elections in which Felix Shisekedi emerged as the winner um to su- to succeed the current president Joseph Kabila um the DRC is has its new incoming uh, president and he won with just over Seven million votes, which is which was roughly about thirty-eight point six of the entire votes. The other strongly favored candidate, Martin Fayulu, a former ExxonMobil executive, came second with six point four million votes. Um, Cishik Sikedi, his father, whose father Etienne died in February twenty seventeen, will be taking over from President Kabila, who has ruled the country since two thousand and one, which makes that eighteen years, taking over from who is his president, who's his father who was assassinated. The reason why I brought up Tisha Kedi's father Etienne is because he Mr. Etienne was actually a former huge opposition leader to both Kabila and his father. Right. So Kabila's preferred success was actually somebody else entirely and that guy came third and won and, and only Ima, his name is Emmanuel Shadere and he only got 4.4 million the votes. It's actually quite interesting for like the the preferred successor of the current ruler to come in third. Um, The overall voter turnout was about forty-seven point six percent. I was looking at some, I was reading the news, and I was kind of deciphering the, the news, and they said that the, the language they used was was just forty-seven point six percent. That's a pretty high number for like registered voters. That's pretty good. Um, that's not bad at all. So having 476 is not terrible. I mean, every 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 vote counts, so it's important for people to get out there and express their will for who they want to rule the country. But that was the overall, overall voter turnout. However, this election had its own share of cont- controversy. The big controversy being that parts of Congo um, has been set dealing with an ongoing Ebola outbreak. If you guys remember Ebola from two or so years ago. is um, was, was a disease that infects people by contact primarily, and people die um, fairly quickly as a result. Um, it was a huge deal, and it's, there's currently an on, ongoing uh, outbreak that's being managed by the Congolese people. Um, and votes as such in four cities in those regions were delayed till March. Now, that being said, now that might sound weird to you. So four cities get to vote on an election Till March, and the population of that four city, those four cities, is roughly about a million people, which is enough to actually sway the elections in the favor of the guy who came second, Martin Fayulu, which is interesting. So, um, the Catholic Church and the leaders of the Catholic Church in the country and the opposing candidates are all like throwing red flags, like, oh, something's going on, um, due to not just that major thing and other, uh issues. But however, it's, it's kind of interesting how it's fallen in the, I mean, the election fell in the lap of Felix C. who necessarily, who did not necessarily, um, who did not, he wasn't the favored candidates of the current guys in power. So he probably didn't have any effect on the, on the decision of the government to, you know, postpone the vote in those four cities. So um, it's quite interesting, you know, We try, you trust us as Sports Save Africa to keep you guys engaged and, and aware of what will be happening in the next coming uh, months with regards to that election, seeing if there's a recount or things like that. But um, yeah, it's quite interesting, something to pay attention to. Um, yeah, uh, Oniko, any thoughts on this?
1: Um, I think it's interesting that we see 47.6% as a good turnout.
0: Um, relatively.
1: Relatively, okay. Yeah. Let's let's go with relatively. Much better than and, most
0: countries, really.
1: Right. And uh, I think Ebola was more than two years ago.
0: Was it? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. Probably it's been a while. a while. Oh, we are in 2019. My bad. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's been five like, years ago. It's been
1: about five years, yes.
0: Okay.
1: Um. So that's... Those
0: are really my only two thoughts. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, like I said, there was a little bit of a while ago, but um, hopefully that process and that crisis gets managed. Um, we'll keep you up to date on that as well, on the, on the process there. So, um, like I want to handle the next story.
1: Yes, uh, the next story is coming out of Madagascar.
0: Um, a little like country you know, that. It, it. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Anyways. <laughs> I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> It is <laughs> <Okay. laughs> a little country, um, um, a little island country um, in Africa. Madagascar is emerging as a business outsourcing center due to fast internet. Um, so there are currently now 233 BPOs and BPOs are business process outsource, outsourcing, um, forgive me, outsourcing companies in Madagascar. Um, this is quite an increase from just a handful in 2005. Most of these companies are located in the capital. And the reason why these companies are flocking to Madagascar right now is because of a combination of cost and quality. Uh, looking at the country of Madagascar itself, about 75% of its population currently lives on less than $1.90 a day. Um, less than $2 a day. So the emergence of this sector, this wealth-generating sector, would create em- employment, unlike mining, that's not doing much for employment these days. Mm-hmm. And the setting salary is several times the minimum wage, um, which is great, unlike the textile industry. And that's a game-changer for the country of Madagascar. Um, uh, people are believing, are predicting that this business processing sector would have the same effect on Madagascar as it did on Morocco a few years ago, where it helped to create a middle class for the country. Um, the country of Madagascar has just elected a new president, um, and, and andre Kajolina, and while his manifesto back then didn't specifically use the, the BPO sector, he understands it to be strongly supportive and um, chooses to make some infrastructure improvements that will go a long way in ensuring long-term growth of this new sector any thoughts on that i
0: yeah so uh, i was actually watching the uh, gubernatorial debates in for lagos state which is a city in nigeria which is a state in nigeria rather um, and they one of the candidates actually referenced the growth in madagascar he was like yeah you know see how see what fast and have has done for them um, it's enabled them, like the people who have the education are now doing business process outsourcing. And What that looks like for a lot of folks is like customer support, customer care, and things like that. Um, you know, when sometimes you call and, you know, somebody from another country helps you resolve issues uh, with whatever thing you're dealing with, um, that's kind of what it looks like. So it's a variety of different things, not just that, but it's it's um, it's definitely an opportunity and that definitely helps create a, a, a middle class because, you know, people... Um, are able to earn far more than than they would have been able to otherwise and it was just fascinating to see kind of a, a state government in in Lagos a candidates for a state government in Lagos referencing the opportunity to um, to emulate something good going on elsewhere in the in the continent so that was quite it was quite fantastic yeah and it was great to see
1: yeah. Right. And to add on, um, this business process outsourcing is not necessarily just call centers. It's just contracting out non-primary business activities to a mm. third party provider. So it could even be outsourcing the HR responsibilities or outsourcing accounting. And this would effectively give uh, people in that country a chance to engage with people from other countries and also kind of build on the international relations a little bit. So. It in itself is a really good development, and can't wait to see what that does for the country of Madagascar.
0: Yeah, yeah, exciting stuff, exciting good news. Um, on another note, uh, in Sudan, in the country of Sudan, um, there have been massive pro- protests that erupted for now against the 30-year rule of President Omar al-Bashar, but the protests actually initially began. They were triggered by a sharp rise, a sudden rise in the cost of fuel and bread, um, you know, Transportation and food, you must set up. You come to serious problem. Um, President Omar al bashar came to power in a coup in 1989, and has ruled what what, what until 2011 was Africa's largest country since then. Um, if you guys know, South Sudan sec- seceded from the rest of Sudan, so there's South Sudan now and Sudan. But at the point when they were both the same country, it was um, it was the largest country on the continent. Um, when he seized power, Sudan was in the middle of a twenty-year, twenty-one-year civil war between the north and the south. Um, before he took the, and before he took the helm, he was a commander. He was a commander in the army, responsible for leading operations in the south against the late rebel leader John Guerin. Um, Three quarters of Sudan's oil income was lost after the country's southern half voted to secede in 2011, um, and that which led to the formation of South Sudan. And the economy has really been strained by like roughly 20 years of U.S. sanctions, which were finally lifted in 2017. Um, the U.S., however, has introduced some more economic sanctions after accusing Sudan of sponsoring um, terrorist groups. So um, the numbers kind of look like I, I think the, the last numbers I was looking at said that roughly 800 people have been arrested, a little over two dozen, a little around something, something about two dozen killed already. So. Um, it's one thing first of all to keep Sudan in your in your prayers and whatnot, and hopefully um, one way or another, whatever the resolution is one which potentially could be I mean, transition to another to another uh, to different leadership that hopefully uh, comes in and helps uh, make things better. However, uh, I'd like to add this additional point though that this um, pro- this protest system, I think a lot of people look at it and say, oh, it's bad, it's terrible. Um, and that's, you know, definitely based on perspective. Um, and Sudan, as an interesting case, has or, has already had previously two massive protests that have caused changes in the changes in power, right? So one military dictator was toppled by, um, by protests and a second, uh, uh, I don't want to call him a, a civilian government, but something close to a civilian government was toppled. And this would be the third set of protests, if they are successful, successfully topple um a uh, a a defunct government or a defunct ruler so um guys have a have a, you know it's it's an interesting story i do you have any thoughts
1: no uh no i don't have any thoughts on this story right now yeah sorry i've just been kind of just looking at the third one that i'm about to talk about so
0: that's that's um, that's definitely distracted
1: okay. for, a, for a moment.
0: That's OK. Yeah. So just, just kind of a final follow up to this one. Just it's just something to seriously pay attention to. Um, violence is not uh, a good thing in the first place. The protests are still ongoing. I sort of even this morning, um, it's something to just pay an eye on to pray for the folks there um, to put minds towards uh, anybody and put money towards people uh, putting up uh, support efforts and relief efforts in the country. Um, it's, it's, it, it's one of those things where, you know, Sudan has had a very, very, uh, uh turbulent history. Um, Sudan is not that old big country, but the 21 year civil war is, 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 quite, was quite significant. And, um, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things you want to keep them in our prayers significantly. And, uh, yeah, I hope that things work out for the best. Yeah.
1: Yes. So. Yes. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm just catching up on the story. and. Um... I, I believe it was because of such an unrest in the past that South Sudan was formed from uh-huh, Sudan. So uh-huh. to see a similar type of crisis pop up again, just yeah. hope that it is not as uh, grave a situation as it was as it's been in the past, yeah. and that it can be swiftly um, quelled.
0: Yep, resolved. Quelled. Resolved. <laughs> yeah. So. Um...
1: Quatch just put out the fire now.
0: Yeah, but you know, mm-hmm. quatch could be like, you know, it's like be trying to quash the protesters out of okay. that time. I see what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> I was like <laughs> I imagine somebody sitting at the table like Quach that's those protests. Yeah, so yeah. That's that's what I had in mind. That's, um
1: Yeah, that's definitely not what I meant. That's
0: not what we mean here at Botswana sure Um you wanna go and take on the next story.
1: Yes. Um So there's been outrage over an apparent picture that shows segregation in a South African school. A South African primary school teacher was suspended on Thursday um, after a photograph emerged that seemed to show black children sitting separately from the white children in the classroom. And if you see the picture, there's such a clear distinction between where the white children are sitting and from where the black children are sitting. In fact, and I don't know the placement of the room itself, but it almost looks like the black children are sitting at the back. Back in the corner, but, yeah. Sitting in the corner, yes. Uh, you know, so, uh, so it sparked a lot of storm of racism accusations. Uh, the pupils who are between four and five-year-old uh, were attending their first day at the, I'm with me yes, I try and pronounce this name, Schweizer Reneke, Reneke School in northwest province of South Africa. And the teacher had taken a photograph to send to anxious parents. Um, It rapidly spread on social media when it showed about 17 white children sitting around a large table, while the four black children sat around a small corner table in the background. Um, For some of you who may not understand why this outrage is apparent, but South Africa has had a very long and gruesome history with um, segregation and apartheid. And a history that's only just ended, if you if you if you think of it, yes, most you know, so so Yeah, so it's still very fresh. It's the wounds have not healed mm-hmm. yet. Um, so this is why this story is of major concern.
0: And I think I mean, just even thinking about it, this is those those for those four black children. This was literally their first day of school. So their first this is perhaps for a lot of them the first ever serious interaction with white folks or with the, the world in general this is the first stepping and just to have such a momentous like thing put, you know a situation that they placed into i mean the kids will notice that they will notice that and they right. will come up with certain internal conclusions based on their level of self-worth and you know what they mean in the world, and you know having you know fought them in the corner while everybody else seems to be sitting at the table, they must have been confused. Like, okay, well, I guess this is how the world works, but you know that's not the image you want to put in those kids' minds. And just another note on the activities of 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 kind of destroying the the pillars created by uh, racial segregation and 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 racism and apartheid in South Africa. Like, you know, work definitely has to be done. And I think. It's one of those things where the, the country has yet to have a very serious, cohesive, concise, not concise, but cohesive, a thorough conversation about what to do to balance the odds. And this is certainly not the step. I mean, this is a, a private school that certainly, this is a, a school that certainly, you know, some of the more affluent folks in the, in the in the country are able to attend, or some of the more, you know, affluent are able to attend. And, and you can see even a fundamental problem with, first of all, in a school that is, is a country that's 70 percent uh, black that's four out of four out of 17 kids. let I say 70 percent? Probably 90 percent black. You see only four out of 17 kids being black, and, and I'm not of 21. Four out of 21, yeah. rather. And and see <laughs> my math, anyways. Four four out of 21 being black. And you see, you know, there are fundamental issues that are that are there. Are lots of fundamental issues in that photo that just need to be highlighted in terms of balancing the odds and, and kind of giving everybody a free opportunity in that country. And I think um, it's, it's a thorough conversation that needs to be had, Co- coerced, but coerced by leadership, but people need to be brave about it and say, hey, you know, here are certain things that's, that are wrong. Um, we're not come, we're not here coming to say we want to burn everything you have and take it back everything, but we need to figure out how to create a society that's equal. So that every child born, born, um, knows that they are worth equally to any other person in the in the society. It's it's, it's important that sitting segregating them on the first day of of classes is not the way to do so. So yeah, that's, right. that, that's my thoughts on right. that. Right. Um,
1: uh, on that, um, a later picture apparently appeared showing a mix of students black and white sitting um, amongst each other, but they that may have just have been to yeah. you know manage the situation. Yeah. Um, I think especially because these were such young kids, four and five-year-olds, it's really, really saddening to see that this is happening. Uh, and that, you know, they, they get to have the notion that they might be different from the white kids um, in a country that, you know, is, is theirs primarily, you know, yeah. um, their blood that, um, that built that country. So
0: anyways, moving on to the next story. On to the next story. We will go into the largest country in Africa. The largest country by population in Africa, Nigeria. Um, as many of you are aware, the elections are coming up. Things are getting heated. Times are. Uh,
1: winter is coming.
0: Winter is <laughs> coming. I mean, the election is literally a month and three days from today. February 16th is the day it shall all be going down between the ruling party, APC, and PDP. It is going down. This is hotter. This is more interesting than Game of Thrones. Stay absolutely tuned, guys, because it's going to be monumental one way or another. You have a choice between a inept, what people view as an inept uh, old geriatric uh, president who is unable to be innovative about the issues that the country has and a former vice president that everybody seems to be worried about his uh, interest in the, in the state of the country in itself. They believe both that he did not do enough when he was part of the power ruling coalition and that he is just inherently corrupt and doesn't actually care about the country and will just be there to put his cronies in place. So this, I would say, is not a great choice. And you have a plethora of third party, third horse, dark horse, blue horse, orange horse, all the horses, candidates that have been unable to form a strong enough uh, third party candidacy. So we will have to see how it plays out. However, in the midst of all this, the ruling party somehow still manages to both make us laugh and be disappointed at the same time. They did so. Utterly disappointed. disappointed. They did so by copying the manifesto for the 2019 elections from another country. In this manifesto...
1: they promised to keep America they safe, They
0: promised literally <laughs> within the manifesto to keep what? America, America safe. safe. They promised to, some would say, make America great again. Great again. Why? <laughs> they call. Why? I'm sure somebody read that and was like, what, wait, what? <laughs> what country? Did nobody check? Did nobody, I mean, you're the ruling Not party. Tech, yo. You have some tech. interns. Buhari needs... Some interns, you get your interns to review your materials before you send them out. First of all, you shouldn't be plagiarizing in the first place. That's lazy. Lazy, and it just reinforces everybody's thoughts that you're an old dude who can't get anything done right. In addition, apparently the president and the ruling party have a history of such plagiarism, being that President Buhari apologized in 2016 after being caught using lines from a speech speech once delivered by former American presidents. Barack Obama without attribution. I would say, however, that copying speech lines Barack Obama is he's still one, that's true. Copying speech lines from Barack Obama. This, I think this is after his he won, the twenty sixteen. Oh, yeah. So right, yeah. So I would say that, you know, copying from Barack Obama is not I mean, that's it was good, good, speech. It gave it's very yeah. good speeches. Great, yeah, yeah. very, very powerful. It's a stuff. good speechwriter. But then, not
1: that you should copy. But I mean, even if you're
0: copying, no attribution, simple plagiarism. Can you, you now want to tell she passed away. Wow, it's crazy. <laughs> Anyways, moving on from that, I only come want on to handle the next. Story.
1: Yes, um, I mean, but we didn't even mention like what what this plagiarism came from. It came from the title of the party's plan. For yeah. energy infrastructure, yep, yep, um, was... and that's even more of a bigger deal because energy infrastructure in Nigeria, in Nigeria. Is,
0: yep, oh boy, is huge. It's like the <laughs> thing you should have more serious about you, pretty much. Exactly. Portionally, yes, from somebody else.
1: and I, I think that's just an illustration of the regards that that party and the president and has that's for Nigeria. In Nigeria and generally. just yeah, it's yeah. just uh, the regard for what they have, the regard they have for Nigeria in general. It's that something. It's it's uh, it's very unfortunate to it's say the
0: least. Quite unfortunate.
1: <sighs>
0: but anyways, on to. Some. Moving on. Yes.
1: You know, Moving um, on. Egypt beats South Africa and ends the right to host the 2019 African Cup of Nations. Yes. And Mosala wins African Player of the Year for the second time in a row. Mo. Egypt, which is currently the most successful country in. The uh, African Cup continent. Um, I'm oh, sorry, oh, African Cup tournaments history. African Cup of Nations tournament history. Uh-huh. Beat South Africa, the only other nation to have submitted a formal bid, by 16 votes to one. To,
0: to one. To
1: run. 16 votes to one. Sorry, at the Confederation of African Football's executive committee on Tuesday. The country has just six months to prepare for the 24-team tournament. After Cameroon, the original host nation, was in November stripped of the right to hold the event because of slow preparations. Six months, wow. The Cup of Nations tournament is expected to take take place from June 15th to July 13th. And Egypt will be hosting for the fifth time in a row, having done so in 1959-1974. 1986 and 2006. You guys take notes of this date because we're running a quiz, yo. But so they will be um, hosting once again yeah. in yeah. 2019.
0: And congrats to Mo Salah, man. He's a baller, 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 short collar, scoring goals. Uh, Everybody thought he was a one-season wonder, but he's not. He's a two-season wonder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for now. Yeah, <laughs> for now. But he's doing very well I wish Liverpool the very best I am a fan of football I support no team But um, I definitely I definitely
1: I just think it's interesting I just think it's interesting how I just think it's interesting how Egypt is hosting And has hosted several times And they don't really claim to be part of Africa
0: but That's true and is, what do I Big, know? Facts. Big facts <laughs> When Capcom do you want to be uh, no. But really, I think it's one of those things where just as a continent uh, as well, a uh, general unity needs to be worked on. I think that goes from all sides. Some people wouldn't visibly say that they're not part of the continent, but the way they act, it doesn't, doesn't show that they are. Um, anyways, our final story for today takes us to Zimbabwe.
1: Zimbabwe. Right.
0: Uh, Zimbabwe featured very heavily in the news last year because a lot happened in the country. First of all, a lot. Big Man Mugabe, Uncle Bob,
1: out. Big
0: B, Mr. Oh. Moog to the Moog to the Mugabe got kicked out in a bloodless coup, um, which left him, which left his successor, uh, Mr. Malangwagwa, the current ruler of the country.
1: Even that 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 language coup is not necessarily factual. Depending on who you ask.
0: Depending it, it on who you ask, yes. Some people say oh, it was. Depending on some people, some say, people, he people say it down.
1: wasn't. Yeah.
0: You know. Anyways, Mugabe is no longer the president. In fact, I mean, having somebody that ruled for so long, it's almost. Chattering that, that he's simply not the president. I think it'll take some a while to adjust it. However, I a mean, lot of the things that went on while he was president are currently now. To, people are trying to resolve those issues. And the big right. thing and the most another po-
1: thing to mention though wow. is that M- Mugawa, who is currently president, was served as Mugabe's right hand. Yeah, person. he was. He was so,
0: Mugabe's right hand person. So um, maybe power has changed. Yeah. Maybe maybe not really. Maybe. Um. Yes. So so one of the things that went wrong that went awry thoroughly when uh, uh, Mugabe was present was the power of the Zimbabwean dollar and the country's internal uh, inflation. What people don't might not know is that in the Zimbabwean dollar had become useless in 2008 when inflation spiraled to reach a... I don't want to say a record, but to reach 500 billion... It was a record, of 500 billion percent. You heard me. 500 what? Billion, 500 billion, half of one trillion. Another quizio. 500 billiwops percent in 2008. The highest rates in the world for a country that is not at war, which wiped out people's pensions and savings, which were stored in that country's currency. Um, Zimbabwe is now attempting to introduce a new currency in the next 12 months. The finance minister just said, as a shortage of a shortage of U.S. dollars has plunged the financial system into disarray and forced businesses to close. What okay. Can't
1: another thing to add, though, wow. that um, cool. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, is that Zimbabwe wow. has started to use the US dollars as yeah. their own currency.
0: You know, I was just about um, to say which that, which is why. Yeah. yeah. So, right. so. Right. So yes, Zimbabwe abandoned its own currency in 2009 after the imp- hyperinflation, and they adopted not just the US dollar, but a bunch of other currencies, the greenback and other currencies, such as sterling, the South African Rand, the US dollar. Um, However, there's simply not enough hard currency in the country to back up the $10 billion of electronic funds trapped in local bank accounts. So that's a really interesting, fascinating problem. So you have money in your bank account that says like, I have $5 million, however, there's no actual, there's not actually enough cash, like the banks don't actually have the hard currency to give you your money. So it's one of those interesting states things where, like, electronic currency, is just not really worth. Like, it's, it's it can be utilized at least internally within the country. So it's it's a very fascinating, interesting problem um, that they've run into, and a tough a tough problem I'd imagine for the for the folks there, because you know, of course, there will be. a there will be a uh, uh, a a tear into there will be an order in which people can collect money some people will probably have more privileges to collect their money than some other people and what tends to happen in those situations is that the people who are less fortunate in society tend to suffer um so small businesses civil servants are, are, are asking for, for 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 cash which can be deposited and be used to make payments so um it's one of those interesting things that zimbabwe the Zimbabwe's finance ministry is generally planning to introduce a new currency um to essentially get their own crisis and what they're trying to do now is to get enough foreign exchange to tie the their dollar to float their dollar to to float their currency so i'm not going to say dollar because dollar didn't work out but they're trying to find Enough foreign currency to float their dollars. to so. rather and just getting currency so that people can use it in the country in the in their banks. They're trying to find enough foreign currency to float their 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 to so their currency too. so, yeah. Any thoughts?
1: Yes, I do have some thoughts. I think it's uh, generally a good thing that Zimbabwe is trying to handle their. Um, finance situation and uh, work on their currency and create their own currency. I think it would be hard, um, difficult getting or convincing local Zimbabweans to trust whatever new currency this is and not to think that, and and not to rely on um, other currencies such as the Rand, South African Rand and the dollar, um, and to trust that this currency would remain stable. Right. um, and be good for them. Because you can imagine back then when the hyperinflation happened, happened and people losing their savings and their pensions. I don't know about you all, but it's hard to save out in the streets. And mm-hmm. just the next minute, it's, it's
0: well, gone. It's gone. So... I go fight? so I, I'm about to the bank, fight everybody. <laughs> do <don't have, laughs> <but why not? laughs>
1: Right. So um, I think this will be an interesting development, and I can't, um, I'm i curious to see how it turned turn out for
0: sure yeah 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 so hopefully things turn out well um stories to keep your eyes on there's a lot i mean february is going to be a huge month on news for us and it's first of the year i mean africa never slows down so things are already popping it never ever slows down things are already popping we are going to definitely be on top of news for you guys Follow us at Pod Save Africa on Instagram. We've got the news. We've got little clips updates. and updates. A lot of people saw pieces of this news or different news during the week because we keep that up to date. But so, you know, hit us up on Instagram. Give us a follow. Hit us with that double tap, like, comment. Notification all of the above, get us there. And you know, we appreciate your support. It really, really helps. It goes a long way. It helps other people find the podcast. So many people have found the podcast through our Instagram and through other sources like our Twitter and things like that. And we really just appreciate your support. If you like us, if you like our podcast to any degree, tell somebody about it this week. Just tell somebody, spread the word like it's the gospel. Also, you know, just we appreciate it. So thank you so much, guys, um, for listening in for tuning in again this year and yeah we wish you the best with all your new year's resolutions final words
1: um none I uh, wish you best of luck with new year resolution yeah. I hope
0: 2019 works iron. out run run that mile do the you push up final thoughts do the you want your entire to, to me you know anyways do the sit up do the push up do the lift <laughs> my mind suddenly ran out of exercise <laughs> anyways I can't go thank you i thank you